Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. On this episode, we're talking Top Fuel and Pro Modified with Lyle Barnett and Justin Ashley. And there goes Gage Herrera. Vinny, Vinny, Vici. He came, he saw, he conquered. Two guys looking to make big waves in the 2024 Mission Foods Drag Racing Series. Chad Green's out first by a bunch. They get to the finish line, stripe, and it's Chad Green. 391.6 on a whole shot. A 33 line. This is the NHRA Insider. Into the night they go, and the wind light comes off for Dakota! 367-3, 334 miles an hour. Hey everybody, Brian Loans here with the NHRA Insider Podcast, back with another episode as we get ever closer to the NHRA Emily Oil Gator Nationals to kick off the 2024 NHRA Mission Foods Drag Racing Series season. Of course, it's a big week in the world of drag racing right now. The majority of the pro teams are down in Florida, Bradenton, the big superstar shootout that's going on down there. It is going to be one that uh, will certainly make some headlines. We'll see who has a good race car coming out of it, getting ready for the Gator Nationals. We're going to have two guests on the show today, Lyle Barnett. We're going to talk to Lyle because he is making his full-time return to the NHRA Pro Modified Series in 2024. We're going to talk about the series, its new sponsor, and the folks that are working with Lyle to get him on the racetrack, and what will be likely the most competitive car he's ever had, and that comes about a guy who won the U.S. Nationals back in 2022. Second guest on the show will be Justin Ashley, driver of the now Skag Power Equipment, Phillips Connect Top Fuel Dragster, Going to be interesting to talk about that partnership with Skag, being part of the factory team, and certainly what his expectations are for the season and for everything that he has going on in the coming week as his race car gets back on the track for the first time in 2024. I think that there are uh, a lot of things to talk about and certainly a lot of things to consider over the next couple of weeks when we look at, one, the performances that we will see potentially this week in Florida going forward. Uh, it gives us a little bit of advance warning, perhaps, about what we should expect when we come into the Gator Nationals. Now, there will be additional testing going on at Gainesville over the month of February. And, of course, during the week of or the week leading in to the Gator Nationals, there is a test session that many of the teams will be taking advantage of as well. I think that uh, you know this is one of those times of the year where the teams have certainly gotten all their parts and pieces together, at least those that have made the trip south. There's so many teams that are not going to that event. Uh, Pro Stock Motorcycle, not a part of that event. Uh, and, of course, it was kind of an invite-only basis. So there's a lot of teams that are not part of the organization putting it on. They're not part of the event itself. So they will also be looking on from the sidelines. But I think when we look at it as a whole, uh, it is something to be certainly pay attention to in terms of which teams are going to come out of the gate swinging. We know that there's a new chassis spec for top fuel cars, that 058 wall front end on the race cars. There's not necessarily concern or question, but there's going to be an adaption or adaptation period where crew chief's going to have to figure out a bit of a stiffer chassis, going to have less front end flex. So how does that affect the car launching? How does it affect the thing coming off the starting line and in the early part of the run? down course one would expect it wouldn't have a lot of effect but um in the course of drag racing history many of the things that we maybe don't expect are things that rear their heads and we have to figure out so um catching up uh with crew chiefs after they're able to test for several days to work on getting that balance of the car correct to work on getting that launch correct gonna be interesting 
Um, it will be interesting, too, to see how many, if any, new drivers are making runs. Will Tony Stewart, during the testing portion of the event, make any runs? Jasmine Salinas, I believe she is in Florida. I'm not sure if she's driving a race car this week. Um, so there's plenty to think about, speculate about, and talk about. On the Pro Mod side of things, um, it's looking very exciting for 2024. A lot of great work has been done as far as the NHRA Pro Modified Series. It will be a 10-race run again in 2024. The second running of the Road to the Championship will be executed over those final four races, and it is, in effect, their own type of a countdown narrowing of the field process that worked so well, and it really did work so well, that we saw Mike Castellana come out of the third-place position in Las Vegas the final race of the 2023 season to win a championship. He came in with a fighting chance. He capitalized. Other teams had major issues, whether it was Chris Thorne's crash or uh, early round losses for guys like Jason Lee and others. Uh, it was Mike Castellana's hour, and he seized it. So we're going to see that happen again, and we're going to see Lyle Barnett as a part of it in 2024. You know, there's... Um, as far as uh, you know, news and breaking stuff goes over the last couple of weeks, it is that kind of final settling period. Uh, we have seen some nice announcements made here or there with uh, whether it's product support for different teams or some material sponsorships for different teams, different alignments of, say, oil companies, which is obviously one of the big consumable items in the pro ranks. We've seen some of those announcements made, but otherwise, it's been pretty quiet. Uh, as one would expect. If you're going to make news announcements, you kind of make them in that sphere around places like the PRI show uh, and shortly thereafter the new year when everybody's really uh, kind of raring to go again. Uh, Eater Zetterstrom is, uh, is working and continuing on her progress uh, relocating to the United States as part of the JCM racing team. Uh, that's going to be one of those stories to watch over the course of 2024. Uh, she is obviously going to begin in a testing capacity, going to be making some runs, I should say a bunch of runs, in Tony, Stewart, Tony Schumacher's car on Mondays after national events, and uh, the hope being that they will evolve that into a late-season run of several races, if not more than that. Um, last week, uh, there was no NHRA Insider. I was actually on the West Coast with uh, a bunch of folks uh, on the internal side of the NHRA uh, attending the uh, media trade conference of the SEMA MPMC, or Manufacturers Motorsports Parts Manufacturers Council Media Trade Conference. Ha! Um, so we got to meet with loads and loads of aftermarket companies. It's um, something that I've attended for many years and a couple of different capacities, and now for the last several with NHRA. And uh, we learned some interesting things. You learn some things in those meetings that you don't necessarily see published yet, uh, which means I can't really publish it yet. But as far as Ida Zetterstrom goes, um, I am more confident than ever now we're going to see her in a race car by the end of the season, just from what I gleaned and learned from some of the conversations uh, in those meetings. So it's very cool. There's a lot of very positive energy around NHRA, and I think the the interesting thing is attending a platform um, such as the the Media Trade Conference and hearing feedback from companies that uh, effectively do business with the NHRA. Um, it's it's neat. You go through these meetings sometimes, and and they can be topsy turvy. They can be positive. They can be negative. They can be a lot of things. And it was a very very positive week for us out there. A lot of excitement around what's coming for 2024. A lot of excitement around the new programs that uh, people internally have been working very hard on. Certainly, Factory X and others are going to be—they're uh, going to be flying in 2024. It is—it is, it is uh, class. Factory X, in particular, that came up in a load of conversations. A lot of excitement around that category, and um, 
the whole package is looking pretty good right now. Let's just say that. Krista Baldwin, of course, uh, she's been working very hard. Uh, she has new parts. She has new pieces. She has a new race car. She has a new crew chief. She has a new crew. And uh, ultimately, we'll see her start the season out on the West Coast. Um, we'll have Krista on the show in a couple of weeks and get caught up with her because she has she has plans this year. And she's been working incredibly hard behind the scenes to execute on those plans. So there are still some secrets to be revealed in this offseason. Now just might not be the time for me to reveal them. When we come back, it is going to be Lyle Barnett, who jumps full-time back into the world of NHRA Pro Modified Drag Racing in 2024. We're going to hear from the always entertaining Lyle coming off a race win down at Bradenton, Florida. He'll tell you about that and a whole lot more when we come back in this episode of the NHRA Insider. We are back now with our second guest in this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast, a guy who's coming back into the NHRA Congruity NHRA Pro Mod Series presented by Learn EV+. Plus. You know him, you love him. He's Lyle Barnett. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Uh, I've been I've been wanting to catch up with you now for a couple of weeks, and, and since you went down there and won the Snowbird Outlaw Nationals, I figured this is the best time to do it. You're on a high right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt, you know, um, and we get into more of it later, but my my 2024 was uncertain um and literally a conversation uh standing on the wall at south georgia motorsports park for no mercy 14 uh resulted in me shaking hands and signing the deal with scott tidwell you know and um it could not have came at a better time you know i'd had a conversation with you not long before that uh about how my plans for 24 had kind of fallen through and i didn't really know where where the future was taking me but uh you know everything happens for a reason and i think i found a good home they've got great equipment um, Scott Tidwell hires the best people and uh, and and associates himself with with some of the best, uh, especially in indoor slammer drag racing. And I'm just a fortunate one to get to drive for him. And we started off uh, on a good one, that's for sure. It really is. And and one of the things I said in the opening to this show, and I was kind of setting up who was going to be on it. And I mean, this is no disrespect to Elite Motorsports. You won the U.S. Nationals with them. You won a couple of national events with them. I honestly think this is the best equipment you'll be in so far in your pro mod career in the Scott, the Scott Tidwell owned race car you'll be driving this year. Yeah, you know, and, and I obviously have nothing at all yeah. bad to say about my experience and what I learned and and the opportunity I was given at Elite. You know, Richard Freeman didn't know me from Adam. Yeah. Um, when I flew to Fort Worth for the first time to meet him and uh, put me in the seat of a pro mod, and is really the reason that. Um, you know, I'm able to do what I do today. You know, him and Justin Elks just took a chance on somebody they didn't know. Uh, and we did well. I won three national events, the U.S. Nationals, um, finished in the top ten uh, in my first two years in, in NHRA Pro Mod, and I cannot thank them enough. And they, you, you know, you're right. They had really nice stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in, in some departments, you know, they're maybe a little dated, right, you know, but they were still running the stuff they'd always ran, and we ran really well. Yeah. Um, you know, but Scott Tidwell and, and the guys at ProLine have kind of, taken over pro line especially has kind of taken over um you, you know the pro mod stuff yeah. as far as, as engine combinations and, and their dealings with pro charger and mark mickey and you know that's just a package deal that you can get in and go to the front well look i, I think in in drag racing and, and maybe your experience is varied but when i look at it from from my position i see the people and and, or, and groups that concentrate on one thing succeed at that one thing, and and what Scott Tidwell has concentrated on in his race team, whether it's whether it's cars with small tires or the full size slicks you're going to be driving on, um, they don't vary, right? They're not trying to run a pro stock operation and a pro mod team. Yeah, they're running some different classes, but all of the stuff that they work on kind of works together, as opposed to having yeah. two different variations or divisions. Yeah, you know, and he trusts in, in Steve Petty to tune. Um, most of his stuff is yeah. not all of it, you know, and, and you're right. When, when we go to a, 
when we go to one of these outlaw style events where I'm running pro mod and Jason Collins is running pro 275 and Paul Gargas is running um, limited drag radial for the most part our engines especially can kind of inter swap and interchange if yeah. we run out of parts we can swap one of maybe even my motors into Paul's car or, or, or what have you you know so yeah. um, Scott no dummy right yeah. like that dude is a very successful businessman and he runs his racing operation in a very similar manner you know he everything is is for a reason and, and has a purpose and, and everything's thought out and they just got a good operation over there man I, I had a very good experience with Justin Elks and the guys at Elite and but when I stepped in over there uh, there was no learning curve there was no nothing it was wild <laughs> sit your ass in the seat of this race car and drive you know and yeah. they've given me one that can compete we won the very first race uh, until the quarterfinals of the U.S. Street National yeah. I was 7-0 and right like yeah. I had not lost a round <laughs> in a Scott Tidwell Pro Mod um, and you know we, we lost a good one there to, to my future teammate in NHRA King Cartuccio uh, who went on to lose to Mark Mickey by Carson in the final there but um, you know I've, I'm very excited to be associated with with the pro line camp Scott Tidwell and those guys for sure you know Scott is as much as I know him this is an OBS guy uh, you're an OBS guy and you know he's the type of guy that carries himself with the expectation of winning and it's not like cockiness but it's like it's like you guys don't have any excuses right he's given you the tools you have the people and he's put people in the seats of these cars that he trusts like you said jason collins one of them he's a that is a spectacularly talented guy who is very fun to watch race so talk to me about that that kind of matching ideology that that you and and scott and, and really the team have yeah, and, and you're right. He's not cocky about it, but he and he told me from the get go. He's like, I put the I buy the best parts that money can buy and put them in these race cars. I've hired the best tuner. I've got all the best stuff. There really is no excuse when we lose, yeah. right? I mean, it, it's racing though. We're yeah. going to lose. Things are yeah. going to happen, you know. But and that's what he told me. He was like, man, I wouldn't just put anybody in my race cars. And that, yeah. and I mean, that pretty cool in itself, yeah. you know, that he trusted me and. And you know, and when we when we lost it at uh, at the U.S. Street Nationals, you know, he was like, "Man, we owe you one. Uh, you've got you got to get out of jail free card." Because <laughs> I think I was twenty one or twenty three, letting yeah. go, and and had Ken by a couple, uh, and the car just went out there and shook, you yeah. know. And we didn't go back and cuss each other. We went back and tried to figure out what it, what had happened, why it happened. And I can, if there's one thing I can assure you of, is that come World Series of Pro Mod, <laughs> that run will go A to B, and they will figure out how to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and look, I, I, I look forward to this Pro Mod season for a lot of reasons. I think, um, you know, obviously new title sponsor on the series, new presenting sponsor, and and we see people like you coming back into this thing. We see Cartuccio going to be running uh, a full-time schedule as well in a, in a good Scott Tidwell car. Um, yeah. Last season was great. You know, Mike Castellano, who doesn't love that guy, is a champion. But, um, you know, there's a story that will be coming out for NHRA.com, and I kind of did the five people that you got to watch, and and I put you on that list because I think you you're going to come back in here with something to prove, maybe to yourself and everybody else that that this is a car that should be kind of there at the end of the season. Everything is there to do it, you know. And and I told Scott whenever I signed on and agreed to run the full season, I said, dude, complete and utter disappointment if I don't win the championship this yeah. year. You know, I've got we've got all the pieces, we've got all the parts to do it. Um, I've kind of feel like I'm peaking right now um you know we I, i've driven i drove really good at, at both of the outlaw races um, i'm very comfortable in those cars uh and there's really no excuse to not go up there and be the first one to leave the start line every time i let go of the button and and win i would love to win four or five of the ten right yeah um is that reasonable well i mean it's doable <laughs> right uh, but something we've probably never seen before 
Um, but I fully expect to be when we roll into Vegas. I fully expect to be one of the ones that you're looking at to win the championship next, this year. And uh, and like I said, I'll be very disappointed if we're not there at the end. But we've got all the parts and pieces to do it. And I feel like come Vegas, I will be a topic of conversation on Sunday morning uh, to win the championship that afternoon. You know, you mentioned this conversation you had on the wall with Scott Tidwell at South Georgia Motorsports Park. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because. So often, you know, so often we see people in drag racing that like will just run around like a chicken with their head cut off, trying to pursue any opportunity and like throwing themselves at anybody that'll give make eye contact with them. You're not yeah. that guy, so I'm I'm interested in how this whole thing came about with that conversation. Well, you know, I was I'll be honest with you, man. I I don't want to say I was pouting, but I was still a little bit bummed. Sure, you know that my 24 plans had fallen through to go top fuel racing with Tony Stewart and those guys, and nothing against them. Like I've said many times, the fact that I was considered. Uh, and was the choice to drive that car uh, is, is something I can hang my hat on if I never get the opportunity again. Right, but there's also but, nothing wrong with saying, yeah, this sucks. Like, there's nothing right. wrong with saying that right. that that when it, when it went away, there's nothing wrong with saying that, that, it, that it was yeah. a heartbreaker. Absolutely. And it, and it was, you know, yeah. and it did suck. And at Georgia, it was like a week or two old, right, you yeah. know, and I was still just fresh like, wound. What, yeah. what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> you know, and, and I literally was sitting on the wall um, and uh, and I walked over to Scott just to say hey, and I hadn't seen him that week yet, you know. And he asked me, he said, "Well, what are you doing next year?" And I said, well, "I'm gonna be honest with you, Scott. I don't know." Um, <laughs> two weeks ago, I was driving a top fuel car. Right. As of as of last week, I'm jobless, you know. Right. And he said, "Well, are you interested in running pro mod?" And I said, "Well, that's really." I'll be honest, Brian. If if I could choose anything and it all paid the same and it all got the same coverage and everything was the same, I would drive a pro mod. Sure. Oh, eight out of seven days a week you yep. know what i mean i love them they're just they're, they're hard to drive they're fast um you know and and i think that from the driver's seat with the exception of shifting a pro stock car they're one of the harder they're one of the more difficult cars to drive um and i told him i said well i'm interested in talking about it and that resulted in a conversation like an hour later and uh and he was like well uh, you know, I had some stuff lined up with some other guys, but nobody is committed. And if you want to shake on it now and commit to it, uh, the, the beast is what they call it, which is the orange car that I will drive uh, this season. Uh, the beast is yours, and uh, and we'll go ahead and get stuff rolling. And by the end of the weekend, me, him, and my dad would have a conversation. We had agreed on what it would take to do it. And, uh, and I was signed up to race with Scott Tidwell shit three weeks later at the snowbirds nice so, yeah um it, it really wasn't you know like people think that you go to boardrooms and we sit and we have yeah. lawyers and we hash all that stuff out over a t-bone steak dinner <laughs> but like me and scott are sitting on the wall i'm in gym shorts and he's in his blue jeans right. drinking a coke you know and we're like yeah. yep shake hands and the deal was done you know so yeah. um I, i'm very glad that i was there and, and talked to him when i did because you know that's a that is a highly sought after program oh it is and somebody else uh would have gladly taken it you know had he not known that i was interested you know so uh no i, I, I didn't run around you know i wasn't making phone calls i just happened to walk over to scott on yeah. the wall at a, at a drag radio race and signed the ProMod deal so um it's, it's crazy how these things happen you know silly season was as silly as it got for yeah. me um you know it, it was started as one thing i was completely pursuing a different avenue 
and uh, and now I'm back in into truly what I love, you know, and that's pro mod. Yeah, and and high speed door slammer drag racing. And look, I I think it's it almost goes without saying, but in this sport, as small as it can be, like the community inside this sport, you're only as good as your reputation, right? And yes, that's that's, that's and, and as you said before, that's not a guy who's going to waste his time with an idiot. So I mean, it's no, like when when he when it when it came around, does he kind of stick his head in with Steve Petty and say, hey, is this going to work for you too, or is this like this is his call solely? Well, he, you know, he, he absolutely uh, consulted with yeah. all of them. Eric yeah. Dillard, Petty, um, you know, Brandon Stroud, who was going to help yep. tune uh, the, the, the combo of cars this year. And he obviously wanted to make sure that they were good with it. And uh, and there, was, there wasn't a, uh, maybe uh, we can talk about it. It was a, a unanimous yes that, that they wanted me to come on board. You know, and, and let's face it, if you're, a, if you're a Stevie Jackson fan or, or maybe anti-Proline, um, to some people, I have I've entered uh, the point of no return, right? Like it's almost like if you end up in the front line camp, like you're you're banished anywhere else, right? You know, and but um and of course I took some flack from people like Stevie Jackson and whatnot, you know. But he's excited for me, um, you know. We I talked about it with him. He's like, man, I you know, with the exception of driving for Stevie himself, I couldn't think of a better place for you to go. Yeah. And uh, and and I think I'll be honest, man. I, I know it's really early, but I think I've found potentially my permanent home as far as as far as high speed door slammer drag racing you know it's been very good over there granted we had a lot of success early on and that kind of it's kind of like getting a new girlfriend yeah if everything's good when it starts out you (laughs) think it's gonna be that way forever but uh, i really really like all of those guys over there i get along with everybody um you know steve petty and i have never worked together nice uh as far as a tuner driver combo uh with and the snowbirds was i mean they threw us right in there with the wolves and we did really well you know and uh and i'm excited Brian. i think that i think that this could be a long-term deal that that could produce you know a lot of good results and uh and i'm excited to get started and look i it, it does nothing but great things for the class when there is that that whether it's a rivalry of of, of engine producers whether it's a rivalry of power adders we know this stuff and and to yeah. be real honest with you it's like i need jr gray to have a better season right i need right. that guy i need i need him right in there with the mix with the rest of you clowns and yelling and screaming at each other and talking some garbage because He's smart enough not to do it unless he has a car that can do it, right? And that's, that's right. And so, you know, to me, I think they they put together some decent runs down there in Bradenton. I, they were running that car, I think, in legal trim, so it wasn't exactly, you know, ideal for the rules. But um, I need Jr. to be in the in the deep end of the pool with the rest of you guys because, frankly, you know, they're not in that pro line camp. So it's a it's a it's a it adds to the whole kind of uh, characteristic of the class. Yeah, and, and I'm, I've missed the past six months going on these uh, extra extravagant vacations that I was uh, <laughs> cashing in on, on the on the $2,500 to $5,000 bets we were placing. So, JR, if you're listening, buddy, uh, my wife wants to go to Mexico, so I need you to get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is good. This is good. This is how it should. This is how it should be. Um, you know, one of the things uh, we saw down at, at U.S. Street Nationals, um, it, it, Justin Swanstrom's a guy that I would not hate seeing in the world of NHRA Pro Mod, and, and he's outspoken and he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But he's also a guy that has really carved himself out a niche, and the, and their their two seventy five car ran well. I know he's got a big tire car that they're putting together. Uh, he also would be a guy that would be like a bucket of gasoline on top of the fire. Oh yeah, um, you know, and with all the rumblings that you know that the MPK series could be circling the drain yeah. or whatever's going yeah. on over there, you don't ever know what's the truth. But um, you know, I could foresee him finding his way here. You know, um, 
it, it's going to be a it's going to be a bit of a uh, I guess I would call it a culture shock for, right. for the country clan uh, when they come over to NHRA. You know, uh, if they ever make it over here, yeah. um, you know, he, he's more of an outlaw racer. Do I oh, think for sure. He, do I think he'll avoid the NHRA. No, but do I think that he kind of feels he fits in the more outlaw crowd Absolutely. better than he does over there? For sure, you know. And I think he's going to be successful wherever he goes. Um, but it, it would be cool to see him over there to come run with us. Um, and, and see what kind of turmoil they can cause in the pits at NHRA because they're, uh, they're good at that. Yes, they're good at a lot of things, and uh, that that is that is one of those things. Mike Stravinos is a guy who's coming out of the uh, you know coming out of the radial side of drag racing into the class. Stravino strikes me as a guy who um, certainly capable driver, and and he strikes me a little bit like you in the starting line, aggressive. Yeah, uh, and I told Mike at at the, at the U.S. Street Nationals, I talked to him. He was there in his little no time car, and I said, "Look, I'm just telling you right now." You better, if you still enjoy this, you better enjoy it while you can because when you come step into NHRA drag racing and race pro mod with us, you'll never want to come back to this. <laughs> yeah, it's that, a, yeah it, I, think, I think Mike's going to do well over yeah. there. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great season. So I guess, you know, I guess my final question for you is, um, you know, how important that early success that you had at, at US Street Nationals, how important was that just to kind of put a bow on this whole thing? Just to, and again, everybody's got confidence. We look at the resumes of everybody involved. It's one thing. But when you actually get in the race car, put yourself in the winner's circle uh, down there in Bradenton earlier, this, this really just a couple of weeks ago, um, how important is that for everybody to just understand that this is the right thing? Well, it's very important, you know, and, and as much for me, you know, those guys had yet to win a Pro Mod race. Um, oh, wow. Outlaw or, or NHRA, yeah. you know, and, and they had invested a bunch of money. Scott had bought a bunch of nice cars, you know, and it was as much a morale booster for the crew and the team to prove that they could do it. Yeah. You know, I think that there was some question like, damn, can we even win a pro mod race? Yeah. You know, and, uh, and as much for me to kind of show them that I was the right choice, right? You know, that no better way to prove that they had made the right choice, put somebody in the driver's seat than to go out and win the first race you ever drive for them. So, um, but for them, you know, to win a pro mod race and see the guys know that, okay, man, we can do it, you know. And when yeah. we go to NHRA, I told them, if, when we go to NHRA, if we continue to race like this, we are going to have success. Yeah. You know, if we go over there and we're consistent, um, you know, we've got the, one of the best, if not the best, NHRA pro mod tuner in yeah. the game, right? You know, Steve Petty has won countless championships with multiple drivers. Um, you know, and one of the best tuners in the game, but that dude has seen NHRA racetracks for years, knows the, yeah. knows the conditions. Uh, you know, and obviously in the NHRA, uh, order in which we run throughout the day really affects the way those cars run yes. in front of or behind the fuel cars and, and all these things. And Steve has seen that he's done that. Uh, and I think that pound for pound and, you know, and round to round, Steve Petty is probably the best there is. And, uh, and, and I think that we proved then that we had everything that we needed. All the parts are together. We just got to go out there and be consistent and race good. And, you know, and, and I think we've got it. I lie because this is the very last question I have. And that is, you know, you're a sports fan. You're a guy who follows, you know, multiple different, whether it's pro sports or, or college. But great yeah. athletes, great athletes want to play for certain coaches, right? There are guys, yeah. there are guys who will who will take a different deal because they want to play for somebody that they admire or look up to. Is a little bit of this the kind of Steve Petty thing? Is this a guy that you have wanted to race with? I've, I've always wanted, yes, to, to, as I say, be at the command of his keystrokes, right? You know, <laughs> is to get in a car, yeah. you know, and know, yeah. and, and know that, that he had put a tune up in the car that I'm driving, you yeah. know, and, and yeah, it's always, it's always been uh, kind of a bucket list deal for me. I didn't know that I would ever get to because sure. I've kind of raced for and, and against, I've raced yeah. four teams that are opposing pro line for all these years. 
And uh, but you know uh, Eric Dillard and and Steve Cuddy and Doug and all the guys at Proline, Brandon Stroud, um, everybody associated with the with the crew, um, you know, welcomed me in with open arms. And uh, and and I'm blacklisted now, man. I'm, I can't ever go back. I'm in. <laughs> it's a one way trip. And listen, you're the type of guy who if his back's pushed pushed against that wall. I don't want to be the guy on the other side of it. So uh, That's right. yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the energy you bring to the class. And uh, it's going to be a killer year, man. It's going to be a killer year. And best of luck to you at the World Series of Promont in a couple of weeks. I appreciate it, man. And I want to I want to thank Pro Charger. Um, they came on board as we're kind of their factory ride for the year. Um, LAT Racing Oils and VP Racing Fuels, uh, Mark Mickey Transmission and Converters, ProLine, obviously, um, everybody that's that's stepping up to help us. I got a new sponsor for the World Series of Pro, Pro Mod called BuyHerPlants.com. Uh, they're coming on board uh, for the race, and uh, I want to thank those guys for coming on. But uh, it's going to be a good year, man. We've got uh, Scott Tidwell. I can't thank you enough, dude, obviously, for, for allowing me to be a part. And, uh, and like I said, I sat on a championship, dude, Shoots out, visors down. Let's get it. It's going to be a great year in the Congruity NHRA Pro Mod Series presented by Learn EV Plus. Lyle, as always, thanks for the time, and now go back to making some beadlocks. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brian. When we come back, it'll be the driver of the Skag Power Equipment Top Fuel Dragster, Justin Ashley. Welcome back to this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. We're here with our second guest, the top fuel pilot himself, a guy who is going to be chasing a championship in 2024, the Mission Foods Drag Racing Series, in his Skag Power Equipment Top Fuel Dragster, Justin Ashley. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Um, doing well. Bunch of stuff to catch up on here. And and the first thing is, uh, you know, Phillips Connect, obviously still a big part of your racing program, but we got to talk about this Skag factory team, man. That was like the big bombshell of the offseason. It was, I know, and, uh, you know, it was something we started working on earlier in the offseason, and then once the news was announced, I know it kind of took everybody by surprise. Yeah. You know, for us, this is this is a tremendous opportunity. It's two things, really, to be honest with you. It's a tremendous opportunity, but it's also a tremendous responsibility. And when you see Skaggs' involvement in their sport as a sponsor and in their dedication and commitment to now be involved from an ownership capacity and from an ownership standpoint, um, it really is exciting. I think it shows how valuable of a platform NHRA really could be for a lot of different partners uh, and a lot of different sponsors out there. So when we met with Randy, with Maria, with Scott, with the whole Metalcraft of Mobile Skag Power Equipment team, we realized that, you know what, our visions, our goals align with each other. And, uh, you know, for our team, it creates a sense of stability. It gives us the resources that we need to compete and be successful on and off the racetrack for a long time. So just really grateful for this opportunity. And, uh, man, it's going to be a really exciting year. Yeah, you mentioned stability, and, and that's always a big topic, you know, especially when we head into the first couple of months of the off season. And now that you're we're officially, you know, you're literally going to get back in your race car the second we're off the telephone here. But, um, you know, that idea of stability is certainly very important. And it's been a bit of a hallmark of your team, right? I mean, we've seen Mike Green and Tommy have been together now for a couple of years. Your core crew has been together for a couple of years. So how does this Skag deal kind of augment what kind of already existed? Yeah, so this is great because everything we already had in place was a foundation for us, and we had that platform. This just helps us to build off that platform. So when we started talking, this was the one thing that, for everybody from Skag and everybody on our side, was mission critical. This was a must. Um, we had to keep the existing team that we had in place, everybody gotcha. from Mike Green 
to time to while go down because you and I both know that the most successful teams, the ones who turn on the most win lights, are the ones who are together yeah. for a long time. You know, a great example of that is the Capco team, right? And the yep. is they won year after year, and they had the same people on that crew, uh, and they still do for a very long time. So for us, stability is important, and the way that we're building this thing is people first. So for us to be able to work with Mike Green, Tommy Delago, and have the same personnel in place, Dustin Davis now, although not in an ownership capacity, has an even more expanded role as kind of a general manager who's overseeing the day-to-day operations of the team and working on the clutch. It all just comes together and flows and works really well. So that stability for us was mission critical, and um, I'm really glad that it was able to stay that way. Does Dustin seem now he has taken on uh, some more you know, logistical responsibilities and stuff? But is there an element of Dustin that is much more relaxed now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he'll tell you that, Brian. But you know, between you and I, listen, yeah. you are in the public now. I think there has to be right. I mean, yeah. Look, yeah. when we being an owner of the team yeah. is amazing. Absolutely, it really is absolutely amazing. Um, but now what this does for both Dustin and I, it allows us to be laser focused on our yeah. jobs. Yep. And I do think that there's got to be some sort of relief from him. I mean, look, the yeah. workload is there. It's piling up. He's still got Davis demo to run. Right. Right. Day in and day out. But I think for him, just the ability to race now with more peace of mind yeah. um, really is a fantastic thing. No, it's and he, and hell of a guy, and, and it's awesome that he's maintained that capacity because, honestly, you know, you guys, I mean, in a lot of ways, you guys outpunched your weight class, right, for especially the first couple of years, like getting that thing off the ground and going. Um, you did a lot with, with maybe less than people thought you might have had. So um, I think this is a – this is. And you were you were not wanting for much, right? You were not wanting for much. But when we talk about the era that you're coming from, which was a great era, and now the one you're going into with Skag, really two different things. It really is two different things. And um, you know, while you bring that up, it you know, you brought up Phillips Connect earlier, right? And we were able to compete at a high level because of Phillips yep. Connect. And now we can take it the next level, take it the next step because of Skag Power Equipment and everybody at Metalcraft of Naval and that whole team. But you know, we had a really good team, a really good foundation in place because of Phillips, and it was really important for us to continue that relationship. And I'm really grateful for Rob, Jim, and Amber for that whole team because they gave us that foundation. Absolutely. That foundation that we needed to be able to come out here and be successful. And, uh, you know, just like Skag, they're involved for business reasons both on and off the racetrack. So um, that's an exciting relationship that we're going to be able to continue. Without Phillips Connect and the whole Phillips operation, we certainly wouldn't be in the position that we're in today. So um, now I think this is a situation where we've created a win-win for everybody, uh, Phillips Connect included. So, you know, we look at Top Fuel, and, and it's and what's cool to me is, you know, with race cars hitting the track this week down there in Bradenton, all this talk we've had in the off season of how good it can be, how good it will be, how good it should be starts to play out in front of our eyes. And, you know, there's always an element of this every year, and I think some fans roll their eyes. They're like, oh, here they go again, talking about how difficult it's going to be. But we've not had an off season of such positivity in top fuel in a long time. I mean, we're talking full-time teams coming in. We're talking Billy coming back full-time. We're talking effectively the real actual need to qualify at every single event again. And that's something we haven't had for an entire season for a long time, and it really does change the game. It does. Um, it's amazing, and it can't be said enough. I mean, this field, in tw- I remember in 2022 thinking to myself, this is the best top fuel field ever. It can't get better. Then it got better in 2023. Now in 2024, it's going to be even better. I mean, Billy's coming back. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to miss Leah, but with Tony Stewart stepping yeah. into that seat, 
Um, I mean, and, you know, guys like Sean Reed, yep. Doug Foley coming back, uh, Travis Schumacher, the other slingers. I mean, it's just, it's really a heavyweight battle each and every race. And you're going to see, just like you saw last year, these first-round matchups that normally in years past could actually be final-round matchups. So it's going to be a battle, um, you know, each and every day really not only on Sunday, but each and every day throughout the weekend to make a really good run and actually put yourself in a position that's going to keep you in the field and qualify for the race itself even before race day. So um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be competitive. But as racers, that's what we like. That's how we want it to be. And I think it shows that the sport itself is in a really good place and it's in a really good position. And I think that, um, you know, you're even going to see more cars and funny car and pro stock and pro stock bike you know this is this is a really good sport and um it's a great time to start being involved and you see it from a high level with the businesses all the way down to you know the drivers and, and riders level and the crew chiefs level and the personnel level so um really it's going to be a great show this year for the fans you know expectations wise um it's interesting it's uh it can be a trap sometimes but it can also be motivational sometimes when we when we set beyond goals we set expectations for ourselves right goals are one thing that okay yeah i want to i want to maintain my my you know starting line reaction time advantage whatever that's a goal or i want to better it expectations though are i guess maybe put upon us from the outside and we look at your team and i think any educated drag racing fan has a pretty damn high expectation of what we expect out of the skag power equipment team this year what are your thoughts there yeah i think our expectations have always been the same uh, look, we, let's be honest, right? We expect to win. Yeah. It's not going to happen each and every race. That's just part of the business. But I think, you know, a lot of the other teams will tell you the same thing. We expect to go out there and compete in a high level and win and put ourselves in a position to win the championship at the end of the year. And, and that's been the expectation from the start. And, and that'll continue to be the expectation. But, um, you know, it's a little bit different now, right? With Skag Power Equipment and, and Meadowcraft of Mayville and Bluebird and their involvement. Um, I actually think that. You know, people might think from the outside, okay, there's more pressure, but there's actually less pressure. And there's less pressure from ownership because Randy and his team have done a fantastic job of giving us the resources that we need to be successful, but saying, hey, listen, you guys take it from here. You guys put the team in a position to win a championship, and we're going to help each other to be successful. And, uh, you know, from the racing side, Mike Green and Tommy DeLive will have everything handled. And then from the business side, you know, we're going to work with their 1,500 dealers, with their distributors all around the nation. Um, and try and represent them in the best light possible, and that includes turning on wind lights. You know, I think what's interesting is it's almost like we're re-entering an age, an almost an old-school age of activation again, which we've been missing in the sport forever. You know, Mission Foods uh, has stepped up huge, and, and you're going to see NHRA activation in thousands and thousands of grocery stores across America. Um, from what it sounds like in this conversation, that, that Randy and the folks at Skag are going to be activating their drivers with their actual people uh, beyond the walls of the racetrack. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, they really are in a number of different ways. So, you know, their involvement stems back to their dealers. You know, they have a saying, right? Love, serve, and care for all the dealers, for all the distributors, and all of Skag Nation. That's not just something that they say. That's something that they mean. So you'll see. I remember walking into Chicago last year and seeing, like, a sea of cat's eye gold. <laughs> yeah. Of people. I couldn't even get past it. I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to miss the warm-up and not be ready to race in time. <laughs> there were so many people. So um, it really is exciting, and that's something that, everybody from the Richards team to Daniel Wilkerson to myself and our team that's a responsibility for us and something that we take very seriously it's going to be dealer first it's going to be making sure that we represent Skag Power Equipment and Meadowcraft of Navy in the best light possible and you talk about other forms of activation they're going to have a huge trailer um, on the midway that's going to be a display and have all of their mowers 
out on the midway. And in addition to that, that's also going to be a merchandise trail that's going to sell our merchandise, and we're going to be there, um, you know, at specified times signing autographs. So the activation and the marketing side of it is so important, and uh, their involvement goes far beyond just putting their name on the side of the race car. They're actively involved uh, in growing their brand um, and taking care of their dealers um, and taking care of all those people who take care of them. That's oh, great, man. And, and you know, I, I wrote a story recently for NHRA.com that kind of broke down the last couple of years of Top Fuel, kind of what people did and how they fared and looked at the numbers and said, okay, if I look at 22 and 23, in order to win a championship in 24, you're probably going to need to do X, Y, and Z. Certainly not scientific, but maybe as scientific as I could make it. Um, you know, you come back statistically and uh, in, in a very high position in a lot of that stuff. So for yourself, when you look at over the course of a year, if you if you reflect over 23, even on your own personal performance, what are things that even you think you might be able to improve on in 2024? Because there are some spots that you lead that it seems impossible to get better, but you eked out a couple thousand more on the starting line last year than you did the year before. No one thought that was possible. So uh, what's the goal personally for your own performance this year? Brian, I saw that article and it scared me. I said, "Oh my! Do we have to be this good? Do we I think have to be this good. I think you're gonna win? have to be. I think you're gonna have to be that good. Yeah, <laughs> it is. No, honestly, it speaks to what you said before. I think that there are a lot of different areas where we can improve as a team, but namely where I can improve as a driver. Um, and I think that the best drivers in the world, I know that the best drivers in the world are the ones who are most consistent." are the ones who are robotic and the ones who are able to do the same thing each and every time when they go up and down the racetrack. So I think that, uh, you know, something specifically that I want to work on this year is consistency. And consistency from a starting line perspective, sure, but, um, you know, the way you do the burnout, uh, how much heat you put in the clutch, the way you stage the car, um, and how straight you keep the car each and every time up and down the racetrack. Because I certainly look back to some things last year, and there is um, a tremendous, tremendous amount that I can improve on, but that's what the sport is about. Yeah. It's about finding ways to get better and finding that next step uh, to be able to win championships because like you said now, and, and like it was in that article, everything matters from hundreds to thousands of seconds, uh, you know, especially in the top field field like it is today. So still plenty to improve on, and I think it all kind of comes back to, to overall consistency and, and trying to find ways to, to better yourself each and every race. You mentioned a name uh, a few minutes ago, of course, Tony Stewart, one of the biggest stories of the offseason, which he really, it's I'm not going to say it's faded, but it'll it'll reappear itself when he's actually in the, in the seat of the race car when we get to the Gator Nationals. But... Um, there has to be a little party that's looking forward to that one as a competitor, but also as just a guy who loves race cars. I mean, you know, it's such a unique opportunity to be able to race this guy on a one-on-one basis or in the case of the four wides, I guess on a, on a two on two basis or one on three basis. I'm glad it's on a drag strip and not on a round track. <laughs> right, right. That, that, much, that much I'm telling you because there would be no chance. Um, no, look, I'm a big fan of his, um, I have a lot of respect for him and the way he conducts yeah. himself on and off the racetrack. I actually became a fan of his. I met him a few years ago when he started seeing Leah, obviously. Gotcha. But, um, just getting to know him yeah. over the last few years and then watching him race in alcohol, he is going to be fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if he's talking, he might be talking about a learning curve. If there's a learning curve for him, it's probably going to be smaller than anyone we've ever seen. I he's, kind of agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's fantastic. He's a great driver. And yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm definitely excited to be able to line up next to him. And, uh, you know, obviously it's more than just Tony versus me. It's his team versus our team. But still, man, it's going to be exciting. Um, he's going to be one of those guys that's just never going to let you off the hook. 
right? He's going to bring his A game each and every time, and the margin for error um, in our lane is going to be super small. So um, it's exciting. I think having Tony in the sport is great for all of us, yeah. uh, namely the fans. And I think that's super important. That's what makes the sport go. So it's going to be a great year. Um, I'm sure that Tony and, and Neil on that team are going to be in the thick of it and um, figure that championship come from at the end of the year. Last question I have, because I know you have to leave and go warm your race car up. Uh, you're down to Bradenton this week. Obviously, it's big money on the line. And there's also a first week of testing. You know, this will be the first time you've hopped in your car at a racetrack to warm it up this year. So as a team, uh, taking the event and the purse money out, out of it, what is the team goal when you leave on Monday or you leave to fly home on Super Bowl Sunday? When you look out the window of the airplane, you're going to think this is a successful week because why? Well, I think we want to leave feeling like, okay, we have a race car that can win come Gainesville. Yeah. You know, obviously, like, we came here, we want to win the race. Yeah. The Skag Power Equipment race, that's important to us. It's a huge, huge payout. Yeah. And that payout will help us. It'll help us throughout the year and, and help us to run consistently and run better. But ultimately, you know, it, it's a week-long event, and we're going to try and make uh, hopefully by the end of the week, you know, between 10 and 15 laps. And gotcha. We want to learn as much information as we can, and we want to leave here feeling like, you know, good, bad, ugly, great, whatever in between that we feel like we have a race car that can win in Gainesville. And, look, we have about a month between now and Gainesville, so we'll go back to the shop, and, and Dustin and Mike and Tommy and the guys will make whatever adjustments they need to make because, naturally, that's how it goes. Sure. But, um, I think we leave here feeling confident that – we made enough laps to have enough data and information where we can go into Gainesville. Uh, you know, really feel confident about going into the winter circle there. He is Justin Ashley. You'll see him drenched in cat's eye gold paint this year as the Skag Power Equipment Top Fuel Dragster driver as part of the factory team. Justin, best of luck this week in Bradenton, Florida, and I look forward to seeing you in Gainesville. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. We'll be right back with some final thoughts on this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. And so that brings us to the close of another episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. A great conversation with Lyle Barnett. Always intense, always fired up, and certainly always one of the most entertaining guys to watch on the drag strip with the skill and acumen he brings to the seat. And now he will be in a rocket ship of a race car for 2024 in ProMod. And for Justin Ashley, the positive outlook maintains for his team. They're going to find out exactly what type of race car they have over the course of this week down in Florida, and they hope to come out with something fully prepared, as you heard him say, to take on all comers at the Emily Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. We are getting close, folks. You can go to NHRA.com to get your Gator Nationals tickets today, and it is going to be a banging show. Basically, every class of NHRA drag racing you can think of, every professional category, the Congruity Pro Modified Series will be there up and down the sportsman ranks as well factory x will make its debut in las vegas and it's going to be um it's going to be awesome we'll be back next week with another episode of the nhra insider podcast catching you back up on all the news that accrues over the course of this week and looking forward one day at a time to those amelie oil gator nationals to kick off the 2024 nhra mission foods drag racing series tour as always thanks for listening and thanks for watching to the nhra insider and i'll be back soon with another episode